Welcome to Podcast 24 English Teachers. I'm your host, Edmund Behan, and in this series of podcasts for English teachers, I'll be exploring and sharing with you some exciting, innovative, but also practical ideas and strategies for use in traditional classroom and online learning environments. In this first episode on online learning for English teachers, I want to explore with you some of the lessons that have emerged from the emergency pivot to online learning, which occurred in schools right across the world earlier this year. I will share some reflections on what students thought of the experience, the challenges and difficulties faced by teachers, and conclude with some of the big ideas that we can take forward to make online teaching and learning more effective and more engaging for our English students. Only last week, I found some free time to have an informal conversation with some of my English students about their experience of the pivot to online learning. While many said they appreciated the efforts of teachers, some felt they had learned relatively little, while others abandoned the new reality altogether. They mentioned that they felt remote from the lessons, contributed little, were unsure what the learning goals were, and often found it difficult to even make a connection with their peers. One student admitted that she spent most of each lesson on her smartphone, checking her social media accounts because so many lessons were, in her words, quite boring. Certainly the evidence, both anecdotally and from early research, into the pivot, does suggest that these experiences are not uncommon among students. The sudden transition was just as challenging for teachers. As a profession, we rose to the challenge and created online lessons as best we could in response to unprecedented circumstances. However, relatively few of us probably had ever experienced online teaching in our own education, and most of us have spent several months, years, perhaps even decades, fine-tuning our teaching methodologies for face-to-face learning environments. It came as little surprise then that many teachers' initial experience of online teaching was tinged with frustration and disappointment, apart from the mental exhaustion reported by so many teachers who were spending hours trying to rapidly upskill and adapt to online teaching. Yes, we had the content knowledge, and yes, we had the pedagogical knowledge, But we became fixated with our weaker technological knowledge, which led to enormous pressure and stress on teachers. In my own practice, like many of you, I'm sure, I was eager to learn about how technology could enhance my teaching. But the very narrow focus on the tech side of online teaching was all consuming. In some ways, I suppose, I lost sight of the pedagogy. And maybe that was partly the reason why students felt disconnected and disengaged from the process. With increasing expectations from schools and parents, our feeling of self-efficacy as educators in this unfamiliar space was being slowly eroded as we struggled to facilitate high-quality teaching and learning with our students. But going forward, we can do better, and we can be better prepared. With online learning now becoming a more significant part of the education landscape, 
One of the key issues that has emerged for teachers and students is that of engagement. One approach which I have used to improve engagement in the online space is to plan learning around three different but linked steps. In step one, students are instructed to work on an activity before the online lesson. In step two, the online lesson is used primarily for active learning. And in step three, the students work on a post-class activity asynchronously. So what might that look like in practice? In step one, you could ask your students to read a news article or online blog, listen to a podcast, read a key scene from a play or a chapter from a novel, watch a television advertisement, write a character description and so on before the online lesson. In step two, the teacher uses the online lesson to review the student responses to the pre-class activities. The teacher can also promote discussion, introduce related concepts and extend the learning, engage in direct instruction and prepare students for a post-class activity or assessment that builds on the concepts of the pre-class and in-class activities. The focus of the online lesson should ideally be on active learning. Students are encouraged to share their opinions and to offer some peer feedback to one another. The idea is that students are not passively listening to the teacher talk for almost the full lesson. They may be expected to apply what they've learned in a short, focused activity, such as creating a dialogue between two characters or analysing a moment of conflict in a text or producing a simple mind map in response to a text. It is worth mentioning at this point that students don't need the latest and greatest apps to complete many of these tasks. Of course, students may share their ideas on apps such as Padlet or Flipgrid, but often it can be a simple matter of creating a mind map or drawing a picture on an A4 sheet of paper and holding it up to your device's camera for a few seconds while talking about your key point. Essentially, this approach is not too dissimilar to a flipped classroom approach to blended learning, in which the in-class time is focused on student engagement through active learning, rather than on passive rote learning. The approach sends out a clear message to students that in class they are expected to be active participants rather than just recipients of teacher-led instruction for a full class. In the third step then, the students work asynchronously on their assigned tasks, which could be anything from taking a multiple choice quiz to writing a personal response on the theme or style of a studied text. I understand completely that we all teach in unique contexts and some of you are probably thinking that this is just too idealistic for my situation or for my students. But I might offer three pieces of advice that could help. First, start with small steps. Perhaps in the first week or fortnight, plan an asynchronous activity that might only take five or six minutes for a student to complete and ask them to be prepared to share one key reflection or just one piece of learning that they get from that activity. Even if it is only a sentence, it is at least a start. We're just looking for some buy-in here, not excellence. Second, 
Always be ready to affirm students who complete their asynchronous activity and who bring some personal text, however short, some original idea, some opinion, feeling, knowledge, some understanding, or even some questions and difficulties to the subsequent online lesson. And finally, remember that some of your students may well feel vulnerable while attending an online class. So do everything you can to create a safe space. It will go a long way towards building a sense of community within the class group. If, as the teacher, you can create an environment where students feel that their voice has a value, that it is affirmed and respected, you will make that transition from passive to active learning much more appealing and much more likely for your students. Finally, I can picture some of you at the moment probably scratching your heads right now and thinking that this sounds like a lot of additional work. But to move some of your lessons to an online space might not be as onerous as you first imagine. Remember that instead of starting from scratch, many of your traditional lessons can probably be adapted for an online environment with just a minimum of additional effort and time. A quick example I can give you is for a poetry lesson which I taught in a traditional classroom environment to 14 and 15 year old English students last year. The poem we explored was Counting in Sevens by the poet Judith Wright. In a classroom context, we would usually talk about the subject matter, the theme, the tone of the poem. We might even examine the form of the poem and suggest why the poet decided to shape her ideas into tersets. Other features worth exploring would include the rhyme patterns and the imagery in the poem. When I wanted to move this lesson into an online space, I made some minor changes to it. Keeping the three steps in mind, I first set an activity for the students to work on at home in their own time. Taking the theme of change as the focus of the lesson, I asked students to write 200 words about any change in their lives, positive or negative, that they will never forget. I prompt them that they may be asked to share some of their reflection during the online lesson with their peers. I also add that the change could be any type of change, big or small, surprising or expected, personal to the students themselves or shared by a wider community. When the online lesson begins, I invite students to share some of their reflections. It wasn't necessary to get everyone to read out their responses, since I would often respond to a student's input by asking if other students had a similar experience and then invite them to talk about it rather than to have everybody read their written responses each time. The momentum of the lesson was initially slow to build, but through effective questioning, it was great to check back and see that 20 of my 27 students had contributed. I then used that discussion to lead into a short video. It was a KLM video in which a young girl follows in the footsteps of her mother and becomes an air hostess. In time, her granddaughter seems to follow the same career path, but with a twist. I won't ruin this multimodal text with a spoiler here, But the advertisement is very powerful. Basing our inquiry around the theme of change, we begin to share our understanding of the ad, what we notice, what we like, the use of sound, music, camera angles, 
lighting. And so the discussion broadens out to include other key skills which are also relevant to their course. What I begin to notice is that they are constructing meaning collaboratively, building upon each other's questions, ideas and experiences. One student mentions a connection between the ad and one of the students in the class who had earlier spoken about moving school when his mother found a new job. Others who had written about the transition to second level school from primary school at the age of 12 bring up the concepts of expectations and challenge and opportunities which I then try to weave into an appreciation of the advertisement. The next step is to introduce the poem. I share my screen and I tell the students that I will read stanza one and I then ask some of the quieter students to read one short stanza. I begin with some questions on their first impressions and ask what they feel about the poem. They variously comment on particular stanzas or pictures or words that they like, how the title of the poem, Counting in Sevens, begins to make sense, and so on. We then explore if they can see any connections between the KLM ad, which is entitled To More Memories Together, and the poem, and between these two texts and their own pre-lesson reflection on change in their own lives. A discussion follows. I notice that while many students are willing to share a viewpoint, their contributions are quite short, a sentence or two. I try to extend their responses with some questioning and bounce some ideas back to other students for their reaction. You can no doubt begin to see that what is driving the teaching and learning at this point is pedagogy rather than technology. And as I mentioned at the start of this episode, this was something that I had initially neglected with the emergency pivot to online lessons. Towards the end of the lesson, I make a short input about the form of the poem and ask the students what they notice about the stanzas, which are organised into tersets. This scaffolds my planned activity for the students after the lesson, which is to rewrite their pre-class reflections on the theme of change, but this time in the form of a personal poem using tersets. I share some success criteria with the students. For example, they're expected to write at least three stanzas, each in the form of a tercet, and I say that I'm looking for a rhyme pattern of their choice, but to choose one of the following, either ABA, AAB or ABB and so on. I take a minute or two to explain exactly what I'm looking for here. From this brief illustration, I hope you can see that the core material from last year was essentially unchanged, but I did adapt some activities and added one or two new elements. Overall, it was a really interesting lesson and what helped significantly was that I'd managed to align the pre-lesson, online lesson and the post-class activities in an authentic way. I also managed to integrate student voice into the lesson and I placed considerable value on their voice in achieving the learning intentions for the lesson. Yes, there was some direct instruction, but it didn't dominate the lesson. With students discovering their space in the lesson, it meant that instead of feeling forced to contribute, 
most wanted to communicate because they had something to say and they felt safe in saying it. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for your company and for your time. It really has been great to share some ideas and raise some questions with you about teaching and learning in an online space. I would be really delighted if you could subscribe to Podcast 24 English Teachers and you can find this podcast on Podbean, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google. In episode two, I'll be sharing an example from my own practice of teaching functional writing and I'll discuss how a creative and collaborative approach to learning resulted in one of the most effective, enjoyable and memorable English lessons that I've ever taught. Until then, stay safe and happy teaching.